technology is the most powerful change in the world of education. Everything changes. Welcome to the Emerging Technologies in Education podcast, delivered to you by Clever Books Company. Dear listeners, uh, thank you for joining Emerging Technologies in Education podcast series, and I'm welcoming Kevin as our guest today. How are you, Kevin? Great. That's brilliant. So I'm going to give Kevin a word so he can introduce himself and tell uh, which country he's coming from and what he does in life. And he sure. Goes. My name is Kevin. Great. My name is Kevin Whaley. Um, I'm the director of instructional technology for a uh, school district in central Missouri. Um, we're in Lee Summit, just outside Kansas City. That's in the United States. Uh, director of instructional technology here um, encompasses several roles, including um, and, and most focused on the training of teachers to maximize technology use in their classrooms. And so I work with a team of um, four instructional technology specialists um, who help train our 13 or 1400 teachers in our school district um, to, to better use technology with all of our students. In our district, we have roughly 18,000. Uh, also, two or three years ago, we started a program called Connect to Learn. Connect to Learn provided a Chromebook um, for every single one of our students, K through 12. Uh, so we are a true one-to-one -one classroom environment across our entire district. So a lot of my role is helping um, integrate a lot of that technology uh, for kids. Oh, my God, that's a lot of work you do. Impressive. And oh, it's great. We have a great team. Yeah, but still, it's, like it's, um, it's massive numbers out there. And I, I think it's brilliant what you're doing. So, and I would say that, Judging from what you just said, you are totally into using technology for education, right? Correct. Perfect. So maybe you can um, tell us a little bit more than what kind of technology you think is going to be good for educational purposes or using the classroom and why. And feel free to give the examples. Sure. I, th I think for us, uh, we've realized over the last, uh, and again, we're, we're in actually year three of our one-to-one. We're really starting to focus in on not not being about the tool, um, not being about the website. Um, we're really trying to focus in instead on what are we asking students to do with the technology. Uh, we are big proponents of the SAMR model, um, that's substitution, augmentation, um, redefinition, and modification. Um, that's something you can find online very easily. Um, and we're asking our teachers to at least dip their feet in the SAMR pool, um, be somewhere along that continuum. Um, Along with that, uh, kind of going back to that pedagogical belief of using technology, not just for the sake of using technology, but instead using it with a purpose. What are those activities that you can do that you couldn't have done with, with, without the technology? Um, a big part of this, too, is we're getting really good at educating our students uh, about being safe digital citizens, being safe online, um, really that overarching life skill of, I have this accessible to me. How am I going to be safe? What can I do that I couldn't have done before? So specific examples, in, in addition to SAMR, um, we're big proponents of common sense media. Um, that's what guides our, our, our safe use of technology. That's a huge help for our parents, too, to understand that we are taking the necessary precautions to make sure our kids are safe. Um, it also helps our teachers along, too, finding safe activities, um, finding safe ways to use the technology. Um, and, it, and it really helps, I think, bring the full package together as a learning community from our parents to students to, to administrators and teachers. 
That sounds brilliant. And I think it's actually a good, like you're giving the guidelines which direction to go, but you do not concentrate on any specific tools and rather than uh, let them explore the area you teach and you kind of give the guidance of why um, it's good for them to go there, right? Absolutely. And then I would also add too, um, and again, it's not necessarily about the device or the, or the, or the tool or the website. Um, but in addition to SAMR, we, we take a big focus on the four C's. Um, the four C's, creativity, uh, critical thinking, collaboration, communication. Uh, we work with each of our buildings. Uh, we've got uh, close to 25 buildings across our district to create individual tech implementation goals. Um, and a lot of those buildings pick one of the four C's they really want to focus in on, focus in for the year. So for instance, if we had a building, say they want to focus on um, integrating technology that will help students with critical thinking. Um, our team works with those buildings to help locate some resources, design activities, link back to the curriculum, and, and kind of bring all that back together again to make sure we're working on a common, a common goal related to whatever the focus is. I absolutely like your example. So if there is somebody who, is, who wants to develop some skills, like the soft skill, critical thinking is one of the important soft skills as well. And it's so good that you're kind of guiding um, and selecting the way um, teachers need to concentrate on, on which, uh, which way to teach that critical uh, thinking. So I think it's a great example. And um, as you, you and your team, you are dealing like with the, that many directions um, of like if somebody comes with some request of developing some specific skill or some specific knowledge and you need to align them to the curriculum. How do you keep yourself up to date with the, uh, with the technological trends and um, educate yourself or give yourself, for example, like information feed in order to be able to advise somebody? Absolutely, that's a great question. Um, between our team, which is made up again of our four instructional technology specialists, um, as well as myself, um, we, we invest a lot of time, um, and, I, and I'll just focus on, on the four of them. The district invests a lot of time in providing PD for them. Um, so, you know, whether it be going to several conferences, your, your well-known conferences across the United States, um, you know, providing um, educational association subscriptions for them, such as ISTE or ASCD, um, really relying on the use of Twitter. That's an amazing tool um, to follow some of the education-based hashtags um, to, to not only share your own ideas, but also to get, get ideas from other folks. And, and then each of those folks, they're really good about, you know, establishing that professional relationship uh, with each of our teachers. And so we really rely on our teachers in the district to also help provide some of that knowledge. You know, uh, we're, we're not afraid of failure. Um, we're not afraid of risk. And so to try some activities that we've designed, sometimes they work out great. Sometimes they may not work as well, but we really rely on that teacher feedback to help inform our decisions. So we can take a simple practice that may be, may be done in one classroom and apply it across all of our buildings. And so really it's that true professional learning network um, and being open to learning, finding new ideas, taking time to research, um, and, and really focusing in on what's current, what's new, but more importantly, what works. I like your attitude uh, to not being afraid to fail and try the things because I think it's anyway not a fail in that sense. It's a learning point too. And um, 
if we are talking about like you are you are in the based in the US and I want to take the advantage and ask you how do you feel which direction the educational sector is going in the US that like more accommodation of technology uh, for the classroom use and for which maybe specific subjects or maybe specific specific directions what is the most demand and how do you see the that going in the next five years so this is a very exciting topic for me to talk about. Uh, this is something we're actually working on in our district as well. Um, so I'm, I'll talk about two, two big things that I know our district specifically is working on, but it, it ties right in line with what the trends are in the United States. Um, the first is we're working very hard to create sort of an educational hub for our students. There are other districts in the states that have done this. Um, Houston ISD um, is in Texas. That would be a, a great example of one that has created a hub for their students and families. And what the concept is, is using technology to provide a one-stop shop, a, a one place to go to for kids to find their grades, their assignments, um, their performance on different assessments, um, clear down to their calendar. And so as, as many people know, you can get lost in technology pretty quick. And if you can imagine, we'll, we'll take the example of a high school junior, uh, an, an 11th grade student. You know, across seven classes, they may have a teacher that uses Edmodo or Google Classroom or Schoology or a website. And they're going all of these different directions in all these places. And for a student, they have to manage all those different things. What we're trying to do, and, and even for a parent, um, the parent of that student, they have to track their grades and their progress through all of those different tools. What we're trying to provide is a hub environment where we can say, parents, students, you're actually going to go to our digital learning environment, to our hub, and you're going to be, it's a jump off point. You're going to find all those things in one stop. Okay, so we think that's not only just an organizational piece for us, um, but it's going to help our students be able to focus more on the actual content and the learning and not so much with being bogged down with the organization of it. So that's one big piece for us. The second piece that will go along with that, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an emerging concept in a lot of places in the States, is the idea of personalized learning. And so instead of a classroom of 30 students, uh, perhaps sitting, learning about um, the United States Constitution, and they all have to produce the same work and they all have to learn it the same way, what if we say, you know, seven students who are really good auditory learners, let's provide learning activities where they can learn that way. What if we had another six students that were very good visual learners? Okay, they, they learn best through reading material and reading books. Maybe that's something we can provide for them too. But more importantly, as they, as they learn the initial activities, they learn the initial content, and we assess them, we do a formative assessment to, to determine their level of learning, we can use that technology now to say, you know, for the four people that master the content, let's use the technology and provide enrichment activities, okay, so they can run higher. And let's take the seven students that didn't master the content, and let's provide remedial activities to catch them up. Okay, so we can we can leverage technology to differentiate that instruction and provide a very, very personalized environment for each of those kids. So not only are they engaged, but we also know that they're learning and probably even extending their teaching beyond what we had hoped hope to accomplish initially. And personalized learning, want to add that from my side, is actually a vital topic, I think. And you're so right telling that, you know, some teachers, some kids are good in, in one thing, some kids are good in a different thing. And we can't actually ask them to do exactly the same task because then we're going to be judging fish by the, its ability to fly. And I think it's really good um, that 
thanks to the technology, we have this opportunity to hopefully have in the future more diverse um, approach to learning, more personalized learning to, uh, to the students we have in the classroom. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I want to have, uh, I have one question to you. Um, so you obviously into, uh, into technology for education, you're totally for it, researching and doing a lot of things in order to implement that, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think it's a great job you're doing. But sometimes uh, we meet people who say, no, I think technology is not for the classroom. It should stay outside of it. And I am for traditional way of teaching. Do you encourage those people to change their mind? And how do you, what do you usually reply to them? So that's a good question. Um, you know, in every organization, whether in, in any topic, whether it's technology or a new curriculum or, you know, a new model for teaching, let's say math, um, you're going to have that spectrum. You're going to have those early adopters who, who jump on board and really run with it. And you're going to have those that come on board a little bit later. Um, the way we support our teachers that, that say what you just did, you know, technology is not for me. I just don't, I don't see the use or whatever that may be. We really believe in organic growth in the district. Um, we believe that, you know, if we can show by example and we can show results um, based off our data, our assessment points, all those things, if we can show a particular piece of technology works, you know, you can generally get those people on board. They'll, they'll see the results. They'll see the success. And in general, all of our teachers, they want our kids to be successful and they'll do whatever they can to, to provide that. Now, on the other hand, we also embrace the idea that, you know, some things you just can't do as well with technology. Okay. So maybe sometimes, you know, a traditional reading or a traditional way of taking notes on paper, pencil, perhaps journaling, those are all things that are okay too. And our district really encourages balance. Um, we never want to see a day where a student's coming to class and they spend seven and a half or eight hours a day sitting in front of a computer screen. Um, you cannot replace good teachers. And so really, we embrace those folks that say, hey, you know, this technology thing is not for me. Um, that's okay. Um, as long as they can provide the results using, using the, tech, the, the tr more traditional technique, techniques that they want to use. Again, it's all about balance, and it's all about supporting both sides of that spectrum. Thanks for your insightful um, idea. And I think you're you are right with the point that we cannot replace great teachers. And we do not want to replace them um, as well. So the thing we need to, uh, we want to do with technology and those who are on the side of technology, we actually want to help them enhance their skills and make their lessons more diverse and more creative. And maybe, hopefully, um, with the help of technology, get the approach to, um, to every child in terms of getting a little bit of personalized learning. I would like to thank you so much, um, Kevin, for your, for your time and um, for the ideas you've shared. All the links you mentioned are going to be underneath this podcast. And I wish you to have a great day. Excellent. Thank you very much. Everything changes.